Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will yes. you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Come and draw from the well of salvation. Be made clean, let Him wash you in truth. He is the fountain of living water. Come and be made new. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. He can refresh you in the desert where your sin left you lost on the brink. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Him, dear sinner, and drink. water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty come to him will you drink deeply of Jesus will you come to the water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty been lost in the wilderness, chasing nothing but sin and death. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Jesus and live. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Every person will make a decision about the the purpose for their life. Everyone will make a decision about what their values are. I was a little boy, maybe three, four, five years old. 
I remember coming home from church and I was crying. And my father, in a very tender way, knelt down in front of me. Ray, why are you crying? Because I'm a sinner. And I want to be, I want to be clean before Jesus. From a very early age, I made a clear decision in my mind. Even as a little, a little boy, I made a clear decision in my mind that I wanted Jesus. that I wanted Jesus. And then, of course, I grew up in a Christian home. And we would have these incredible mission services where our pastor would bring into the church to do a a weekend of meetings. Talk about being a missionary. Talk about the adventures of African missionaries. Or Desmond Doss came to our church. It's a Friday evening. There weren't a lot of people there, but quite a few. But it was such that I went up afterward and I spoke with Desmond Doss. And I asked him, why did you do it? Remember Desmond Doss was that amazing American soldier who suffered such persecution because he would not carry a rifle. the war. And he drug all of those men off that cliff and saved their lives. Great risk to himself. And was awarded by the president an incredible medal of honor. I asked, why did you do it? His answer, humble, because Jesus told me. I was in that war as a Christian, not by choice. They forced me. Desmond Doss was my hero for many years. I want to be like Jesus. Now, I entitled this broadcast, The Fight of My Life. And I want to explain what I mean. All of my life, I've been fighting human secularism. All of my life, I've been trying 
to find a way to understand what it means to be a Christian in a wicked age such as we're in. Even as a child, every force that could possibly turn me aside came charging at me. As I awakened as a man, lust and every other evil thing came upon me. And I said, no, no, I'm not going to go that way. I'm going to go the way of Jesus. Yes, I, I made mistakes and I sinned against the Lord different ways at different times. But always there was an internal gyroscope that has kept my life balanced on I want Jesus. Okay, now what does that mean? How does that work? Here's the issue. In our culture, everybody wakes up in the morning and goes about what they have decided will be the goal of their life. And those goals change depending on your place and your station. So right now, my goals should be shifting. I should not be sitting at a radio mic. I should be on vacation somewhere, retired, having a great time with doing one of the things I love to do, which is blue water sailing. But that gyroscope in my heart keeps me on track. No, Ray, what you want to do is talk about Jesus and encourage people to take up the cross and follow Jesus. Now, this has very concrete meaning for me. It's not just something I say. It's cost me an incredible amount of living as the world would consider living. I don't. I consider it dying. I won't walk that road. Some of you are offended by the words that I've spoken on this broadcast, and we've had a tremendous drop-off of people who listen to this broadcast. I know why. It's not me. Can I say it just straight up? Raw? When a person's life is focused on what they want to do, when a person's life is focused on what they enjoy, when a person's life has no meaning, no mission, 
when a person's life is okay, I have three more years until I can retire. I'm going to grind out those three years, and then I'm going to go and do what I really want to do. I won't live that way. I have not lived that way. A Christian cannot live that way. A Christian works, yes, even in a career. But the point of that work and the point of that career is the kingdom of Jesus Christ. It is not to make money so they can go on vacation. It's not to make money so that they can pay for their kids at a graduation. When a, a Christian is working, it is working for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And there should be fruit from that work. Much fruit. Some of you have never brought one person fellowship, surrender to Jesus Christ. And now for some of you, your life is almost over and you still haven't brought anyone to Jesus. No, I don't mean just say a little sinner's prayer. I mean where you get right to it and you talk about and you live the sacrificial life for Jesus Christ. You may go to the mission field. You may do different things. That's not the issue. The issue is, for what purpose are you doing these things? Some of you are listening to this broadcast at work. Why are you at that place of work? Did Jesus send you there? Have you been fruitful in that place and brought forth a harvest of lost sinners for Jesus? What is the purpose of your life? We're at the very end of time. Jesus is coming again. World War III is starting. This week it started. What are you going to do with the days you have left? I invite people to come to the National Prayer Chapel. People are afraid to come. Why? Because they're afraid they're going to get their feet in something that they're not interested in. They're afraid that they might feel convicted. They're afraid they might be uncomfortable. All of those things need to happen to you. My wife, Twyla, lived in Washington State, been a widow for 28 years. She had served in the years since in taking care of her mother. Her husband died of cancer and of others. Finally, her assignments from Jesus were over. And she's saying, what's next? 
when she heard this broadcast, Virginia said, I'm going to move to Virginia because I want to be a part of a revival church. What incredible courage! Now, as it all played out, the Lord told me, go get your bride. It corresponded a few times. God had a mission for her. Woodbridge, Virginia. And she said, yes, I'm on my way. That's courage. Some of you are so tied up in your businesses. Some of you are so tied up in your in your planning for your life. When will you consider planning for Jesus' life in you? When will you just lay your life down for Jesus Christ and say, send me where you want to send me. Tell me where to go and what to do and I'm on my way. Most of you aren't going to hear that because it takes a real dedication, prayer, waiting before God, repenting of all sin. And the vision is suddenly clear. Like one young woman in a meeting. She's in that meeting. She's praying and saying, Jesus, I'll go wherever you send me. Suddenly she saw the flag of a nation. And she saw children reaching their hands out toward her. Deeply convicted. She went to talk with pastor. That pastor was a godly man. He said, that's a call from Jesus to go to that nation and spend the rest of your life there. Immediately began to make preparation for that. Yes, she'd wanted to get married. She never did get married. Instead, she went to this nation, had a tremendous ministry with these children for the gospel of Jesus. Well, I'm never going to give up getting married. I'm not going to just go off somewhere to a mission field, or I'm not going to stop enough. You want Jesus? What are you doing for him? What are you doing for Jesus that is first and foremost in your life? Are you willing to leave your sin and your addictions? Are you willing to turn aside from your pleasures? Are you willing to give up those vacation cruises? 
Are you willing to say, okay, Jesus, I hear you. I will use all of my time, my resource, my money. I will use it all for the work of your gospel. And I will go wherever you send me. Or I'll work right here at home in the job where you've placed me. And I'll witness and I'll minister. And in the name of Jesus, I will win lost souls for your kingdom. I want to read for you a portion of scripture found in John 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. John 14.1 Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms or, or many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Do not let your hearts be troubled about your bank book. Do not let your heart be troubled about What? Anything. Don't let your heart be troubled by this world and its wickedness. Why? Because you're trusting in God. The battle that I've fought and I'm fighting now, such a bitter fight. The world says, trust in your friends. Trust in your friend's advice. Trust in your bank, your bank book, checkbook. Trust in your, in your own desires, in your own, your own will. No. Trust in God. Lay everything else down. Lay everybody else down. In my father's house are many mansions or many rooms. Well, what if you've never wanted to live in God's house? What if you've always wanted to live in your house, the dream house you want to build? I talked to somebody just recently. They want to move West Virginia. Have a long driveway coming up to their beautiful house built on the hill. They they know exactly what they they don't want to live in a house that they don't choose. Well, what if God doesn't let you choose what your mansion's going to look like in heaven? to live with God? Heart cry for for God, for Jesus, for living with him? Do you long to be with him? Or do you long to be in 
pleasant vacation spot. Well, we all decide at some point what our value system is. We decide at some point how we're going to use the money that God has given us. And some of you have so much money that you had to get an attorney. And you had to drop a will. And you want $100,000 to go to this daughter or $100,000 to go to this person. You have your, your money is all sketched out where you want it to go. What? Are you kidding me? Are you investing in the kingdom of God or are you investing in your own family, whether they're saved or lost? So you're going to leave this world with a will that will do nothing to build the kingdom of Jesus Christ. You really want to do that? Are you that selfish? Are you that foolish? I know where my little bit of money's going. My dad knew where his little bit of money was going. $2,000 each son. Three sons. $2,000 to each son. Just as a small way of saying I love you. Of course, John Wesley, and I die if I have more than six shekels to my name, you'll know I'm a thief and a robber. See, what is it that you really value? Do you value the work of Jesus Christ? Or do you value a house that you can build with many rooms in it? I go and prepare a place for you. I'll come back and take you to be with me so that you can be where I am. Whoa, do you have that relationship with Jesus? Does Jesus want you to live with him? That's the bottom line. No, I guess the bottom line is, do you want to live with Jesus? Do you want to live by his rules? Do you want to abide by turning away from your selfishness? Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You can't get to the Father by going to the restaurant. I'm not saying you should not go to the restaurant and eat, but let's be clear that you're going to the restaurant and you're eating to give your body strength so that you can serve him.
Jesus is the way. He's the way too. Well, he's not the way to the night's entertainment. I can guarantee you that. He's not the way to the theater. He's not the way to that beautiful whatever. Jesus is the way to God. Do you want to live with God? then you're going to have to go with Jesus because he is the only way to the Father. He says, if you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip says, Lord, show us the Father. That'll be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even though I've been among you such a long time, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? I'm one with the Father. Now, you've seen me, how I've lived. My focus has been on healing the sick. My focus has been on feeding the hungry. My focus has been on sitting quietly with with the Pharisee at night, talking with him about how he needs to be born from above. You begin to see what I'm saying to you. You've got to make a very clear decision and act on it Who are you going to serve? Now, I know that will be very disruptive to your life if you're honest with me about it. Now, some people, they're about their job. It consumes them. And then they try on the late night to read some scripture, pray. But where their heart really is, is to earn money. That's what they really want to do. Because money is a tool. And that tool allows us to do all kinds of things that we want to do. It's not the way to heaven. And this struggle that I've been in all of my life and a struggle to separate out what is of the world and what is of the spirit of the living God and that that involves very real decision about where I'm going to live how I'm going to live what I'm going to drive It involves who I'm going to reach out to and connect with and include as a friend. 
And then how much will I listen to their advice? Versus how much time will I spend in prayer? How much time will I spend reading scriptures and learning about this place called heaven and learning about this man called Jesus? Learning about this this person called the Holy Spirit. If you were to ask me, Ray, how do you feel about your life? I'd say I'm very, very, very disappointed. I would say I'm very disappointed by my life. Why, Ray? Well, in John 14, I tell you the truth. Everyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. And he will do even greater things than these because going to the Father. That's why I'm disappointed with my life, because I haven't done what Jesus did. I haven't healed the sick. I haven't raised the dead. My life is not the full testimony. I'm grieved by that. I know I don't have that much more time. So I'm earnestly seeking the Lord. I don't consider one minute of my time a waste of time when I'm communing with Jesus. Every second I can get with Jesus I want. Because I know My life is still not complete. I haven't won the war. I'm still in the midst of the war. He says, you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. All right. I'm asking the Lord. I'm asking the Lord for the book of Acts to be recreated today in our lives. I'm asking Jesus to come in his spirit. I'm not I'm not looking for teaching. I'm looking for the person of the Holy Spirit. I'm looking for a people who are utterly sold out to Jesus. No pretense. We just want Jesus. He said, I will ask the Father. He will give you another counselor to be with you forever. Spirit of truth. Oh, do I want the spirit of truth? I'm looking for the Holy Spirit. I'm watching a very small amount on the 
internet of the war in Israel, destruction of building after building, 400, 400 buildings last night, died. I know we're looking at the beginning of the Third World War, and I suspect, I suspect we're looking at the beginning of the Gog Magog. If we are, that puts us right on the timeline. We know where we're at. We know Jesus is going to do next. This is a terrifying time should be a terrifying time for every human being that's living on the earth because the next thing coming is the judgment of God. Lots of heartbreak and lots of destruction, lots of judgments trying to wake people up. We've come to the end of time, brother. I know my dad used to say that at the end of the Second World War. And I became a little cynical and said, yeah, Dad, right. We have such strange notions of time. Such small appreciation for history. But Jesus is coming. And most of you who listen to this broadcast are not yet ready for Jesus to come. You're caught up, you're consumed with with your life. Stop it. You understand. Jesus is coming. But then the question comes, do you want to live with him? Rather go your own way. Make your own way through this terrible time of tribulation that's coming upon the world. I'd just rather get out of here, to be honest with you. I'd rather go live with Jesus. But see, this comes right back to this terrible issue. Are you a part of the world, or are you a part of the kingdom of Jesus Christ, his reverent, holy church? Most churches have had the lampstand removed from their their church. They don't really understand the work of the Holy Spirit. They've rejected And they bought into, let's just build a big expensive building. My sister. Jesus. It's the one I want to live with. And the values that I choose to live by are those values found 
in the Beatitudes, in Second Peter, where he gives these amazing promises. Peter knew what I'm saying to you. He knew that he was going to leave his body soon and that he would be crucified as Jesus told him. And he was eager to remain faithful, not to argue about theology, but to remain faithful to the person of Jesus Christ. I'm concerned. I want to hear the uplifted voices of God's children repenting for their love of the world, for following the way of darkness, for just going along to get along in a wicked, wicked world. I want to hear the voices of God's true children lifted up in humble repentance with tears. I want to hear God's children repenting of choosing to walk with the darkness, with the devil, with the lifestyle of the wicked American nation. I want to hear righteousness and holiness, justice, love, mercy, patience, kindness. I want to see the outflowing of the work of the Holy Spirit in God's children. I don't want to hear about God's children biting each other. I want to hear God's children filled with pride and arrogance, fighting for position and power. We're not children. We who have accepted Jesus Christ are called to humble our hearts. You love me. Do what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. He lives with you. He will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will I will come to you. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me because I live. You also will live. On that day, you'll realize that I am in my Father. And you are in me. And I'm in you. Whoever has my command obeys them. He is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father.
and I too will love him and show myself to him. Now, one more area to quickly talk about. The problem that I see this terrible struggle is that I can speak about relationships, about the way I should be, the virtue I should have, the excellence I should have. And I can turn the gospel into a self-help mechanism so that I can be more successful. No. No. I'm going to say this and some of you are going to squirm. If you are not actively involved in winning men and women to Jesus Christ, you have missed the whole heart of the gospel of our Lord Jesus. Because your heart is for your own advantage. It is a selfish heart. Reese Howells, when he's anointed by the Holy Spirit, was told, from this point forward in your life, nothing that you do will be about your benefit. It will always be for the benefit of others. So if you are going to work for money, if you are living your life for pleasure, you don't understand the gospel of Jesus yet. The Lord has asked us to be his servants, not to join him on a vacation. Now, yes, there are times when we need to pull aside and rest. I'm going to do that Thursday of this week. I've given that day to Jesus. I'm going to spend that day in prayer, meditation, communing with Jesus. A broken leg. I just need to be with Jesus. There will be a broadcast, pre-recorded, a special one that our brother Ed has cooked up. Be a good one. But do you hear what I'm saying to you? Our money, time, our talent, all need to be given to Jesus for the work of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is spread the good news about his kingdom and invite others to come into that kingdom with us and journey together toward that heavenly city. To want to live with Jesus want to live in love and joy and peace, patience, kindness. Some people just want to live in fighting, selfishness, struggling to try to be somebody, struggling to try to 
say something that will make people think, hey, we're right on track. We're pretty good. No, I don't want any of that. I don't want any of that for you. Don't. I want you to be very clear about where you're going and why you're going and what you're doing. And answer the question. Really want to live with Jesus? And get busy and get his job done. Do the work he's asked you to do. Come and be a part of a church where you can be challenged on these issues. I don't want you to go for entertainment. I want you to be serious. There was my five-minute warning. Let's pray. Lord, I've spoken very simply. Share the battle that I've been in all of my life. I'm asking that I can be victorious. I can be victorious and turn aside from the world, the flesh, and the devil. That my walk with you would not be just intellectual, very, very practical, down-to-earth reality. I pray, Lord, that there are people listening Come and be a part of the prayer challenge. Move in their hearts to be obedient to your Holy Spirit. Lord, would you speak directly with those men and women who are calling, serving. Not to go to the football game with you. Go to heaven. Lord, would you come now minister this precious one? Lord, thank you. Thank you. I praise you. I worship you as the Son of the living God, as the Master and Savior. I love you, Jesus. I pray that every person's heart listening by your spirit and that we will be willing and obey in giving ourselves our time our resources for the kingdom of but one day we will face the judgment we will be responsible for what we have done with our time and our talent Lord, I was so encouraged this last week. Some of the gifts that we received from radio. Lord, I don't worry about how much money is there because you said you would carry it. But I was greatly encouraged by some of the sacrifices made. I pray, Lord, today, the presence of the Spirit hearts and lives of those who are listening. Wait, Jesus. 
ask, Lord, that the healing power of your blood would be applied now to the sick, suffering. I pray that you will touch each one. Lord, I ask that you would move in great power to fulfill the scriptures in our hearts and our lives. Name of Jesus, I pray. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. You can give online. Go to nationalprayerchapel.com. Nationalprayerchapel.com. Or you can write to me, National Prayer Chapel. Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You're welcome to come this Sunday to the prayer chapel. You're welcome to come and enjoy the presence of the Spirit. I'll talk to you soon. I love you. Thanks for listening. Glory with great joy. With